Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul, and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, AfriChrist, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store. It's very well done and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again and may God bless you as you're listening. Hello friends, welcome once again to our podcast coming to you from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries. We are here going to discuss a topic that is really very interesting and I'm excited and I can't wait to get started. This is something we all go through many times when we pray to God. And if you notice that our prayer cards or our podcasts are called Footsteps with Impact. Why do we say Footsteps with Impact? Because we believe that every prayer that we bring to God causes us to make footsteps with impact. These are Footsteps with Impact prayers. And our topic for the day is... When God seems late, silent, and all you stand on seems to be upside down. So what does that mean? It looks like, you know, many times when we are praying, we are coming to God when we have an issue. And that issue may be something that everything seems to be going wrong. Everything seems to be going upside down. It may be about your health. It may be about your finances. It may be about your family. It may be about your job. It could be about anything. And it looks like many, many times this happens when we pray. And it looks like God is taking forever. I know we've dealt with this issue here before on our podcast. But I've had so many requests of people asking me to touch on it again so they can really understand and learn to be patient with the Lord. I remember many years ago I read a book by Andrew Murray and it was called The Believer's Secret on Waiting on the Lord. So I'd really like to recommend you to find that book, especially in short form. Look for the little booklets and you'll be surprised how you'll find that really God is not taking too long to answer your prayer. But rather, he's really waiting on you. He's not waiting on himself. He's not delaying because of him, but he's delaying, quote-unquote, because of you. And usually it's to really help us to understand what he's going to do. So the key thing here is to understand why things happen the way they do in God's timing. God's timing is always perfect. He is never late. God has his own sense of timing that may be different than ours. And so sometimes when we don't understand him, we end up thinking that, you know, he's late. For example, all of you who have families, okay, you could tell your spouse that, you know, we are going to go someplace today. And you tell them it's going to be two o'clock. Now, the way that person understands it, 
or the way they do things, sometimes 2 o'clock means 2.30. And so for you, you come in and you're trying to pick him up and you're trying, hey, time to go, time to leave. And for them, it's like they calculated everything by 2.30. You say 2 o'clock, but to them, it's 2.30. It doesn't matter what you do. You just get frustrated trying to rush him up. We have all gone through that with our friends or spouses that either they are too soon, you tell them 2 o'clock and they are there at 1.30, or you tell them 2 o'clock and they are not ready until 2.30. And so to them in their mind, they have encapsulated the time to include certain things that they do. So they give themselves a buffer of time, and that time could be minutes, but it can be frustrating for the other person. It's not that God acts in that respect, but just to give you a picture of how God has also a certain mind when it comes to doing things. We may make a request, and for us we expect it on a certain day or certain times, but God's timing is different. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to answer you. It just means that his time is different. So you have to understand who God is Even as you would want to understand your spouse, instead of frustrating yourself, you time yourself around certain things. I know when I tell her 2.30, it's going to be 3 o'clock. So you know what some people do? When they really want to leave at 3 o'clock, they say 2.30 because they are giving a buffer. They know their partner. They know their friend. They know their spouse. So in the same way, I want you to carry it over and understand who God is is not because god is inefficient like we are but because god is he is sovereign he decides to do things in a certain way but the difference is here what god does is for our own good because god's timing is always perfect it's never late it's never early it's just on time So recognizing and understanding the sovereignty of God is of paramount importance in our quest to pray effectively, okay? So regardless of what we know or don't know, what we think or don't even think, what we believe or do not believe about his sovereignty in prayer, God will not change. God is not going to be hastened to do things or God is not going to be delayed to do things. It is for our benefit to understand God in that respect. And you know, God is not hiding who he is in this area. He really lets us know who he is and how he answers prayer. And basically, all we have to know is to read the word of God, to be in prayer, stay in prayer. And then you're going to find that God is never late for you. What he is doing many times, he's working on your own uh, patience. See, one of the things that we have to do is we have to know the God whom we are praying to. A praying person with faith, okay, and also the knowledge of the Word of God is ahead of someone who just has faith. In other words, faith alone is not enough, but to know the Word of God is very, very important because God will express Himself differently at different times in His Word for your request. So if you know the Word of God, Everything is going to happen according to his word. And so you just having faith is not enough when it comes to his timing. Remember our title is when God seems to be late, silent, and everything seems to be just going under. We have to know the divine order of things. When we pray knowing who God is, then, you know, we understand when he is going to do certain things. Understanding God is so important. I'll give you an example. 
the Roman centurion. We've we've had this story before. The centurion says that my servant is sick. I'd like for you to help me and have him healed. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant is lieth at home, sick on, of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said to, to him, I am not worthy that you, thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man of under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, Go, and he goeth. Say to another, Come, and he cometh. Say to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, and said to them that followed him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and from the west, and they shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out to the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same hour. And this servant was healed that very hour. So you hear that? So as you can see, this centurion showed the understanding of who God was. He had faith, okay? He believed Jesus would heal his servant. That's why he called upon him and he said, could you please heal my servant? Now when Jesus offered to go to his house, the centurion now expressed something different here. If we look at this in two phases, the first phase was the centurion said, could you heal my servant? Okay, that's done. He believed that. That is the faith he had in Jesus. Then the second phase, when Jesus offered to go to the man's house, the man said, no, 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 you don't need to come. Just say the word. What does that mean? It means that this man understood who Jesus was. He understood the sovereignty of Jesus. He understood that Jesus was sovereign over distance. He knew that Jesus was sovereign over time. So he didn't need the five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour to walk to his house. He didn't need the one mile, two miles to walk to his house. He just says, no, just say the word. The word will get there. And so this man shows us that he knows who God is. So once you know who God is, then every word that you speak is going to match up with who God is and his sovereignty. A soldier knows the sovereignty of his king, the sovereignty of his orders, his officers. That's why he said, listen, I have people I command. I say this and they do. In other words, he knew that God could command this thing to happen in the right time. All he needed to do is the word. He didn't need all these other things to follow. He just said, just say the word. Once Jesus says the word, then Jesus also determines when the word is to work. And so he was not worried about that man getting well. That's what we need to do. We need to stop worrying about when what we have asked of God is going to happen. As long as it's within the will of God, as long as it is with faith, just like the soldier here, and also as long as it's with knowing who God is, his sovereignty, 
then things are going to happen. We have to work on our patience when it comes to understanding God. Things are not delayed because uh, God is somewhere coming or Jesus is about to walk. He has to walk with this one here and this one here, go to heal this person here and the other. He has to get to this place. No, the man says, just say the word because he knows that the word will get there whenever and however Jesus determined it would. Once you understand the sovereignty of God over your situation, then you know that God is sovereign over the request that you have given him. Once you know that it's in the will of God as expressed in his word, then it will happen. The man said, just say the word, because he knew that Jesus was the word of God himself. Now, how do you know that this word is released for you? That's where it's important for us to understand the will of the Father, because the will of God is in his word. That's why it's so important for us to read the word of God. You can't wish these things. And this man broke it down very well for us, because he says, listen, I have a man under me, when I tell them do this, they do. And I also serve under uh, some people. So that means those people will tell me what to do, and I do it. So then he came down to those that he commands. Then he came down to the servants that he has. So once you know the sovereignty of God, then you will understand that when you make the request, you're making the right request, and you're making it in time for it to happen. You don't have to worry pushing the button on God. Now, lack of knowledge of the divine authority sometimes causes us to be people of unbelief. See, when you don't understand the one who is sovereign over all things, you start to put limits to him. You start to think he's going to act the way you want or the way we do things. Then your prayers are going to seem to be out of sync with your requests. Unbelief is born out of such things, okay? So you need to get the humanity out of God and look at him from his divine nature and let him be and let him act according to his divine nature. I'll give you another example. In the Bible, there's a story where the disciples were crossing over Lake Galilee and then a storm came and the boat was going up and down this way and the other. And then Jesus started to walk on the water towards them to come to the boat. As he was coming, they kind of recognized him, but then they thought, well, maybe this is a ghost. And so he said, why are you afraid? And when he started to talk to them, they recognized who he was. Many times when God starts to speak, we start to recognize him. But then once we recognize him according to his word or by the spirit of God speaking to our spirit, then we start putting him in natural form. So that's what they did in the boat. Then they thought, oh no, he must be a ghost. There's no way he could be walking on water. And so Peter says, okay, if it's you, call me to come toward you. So in Mark 6, 5, 2, we see that the Bible shows us that because of the disciples' lack of understanding of the authority and the ability of Jesus when he uh, performed the miracles of loaves, their hearts were hardened unto unbelief. Remember, we just said, lack of understanding of divine authority, you know, feeds our spirit into unbelief. So what happens is, these people had not understood a miracle that he had done previously, and so they were putting him into the human form again as he was walking on water. They said, oh, he has to be a ghost, okay? So when they didn't believe that he's the one walking on water, 
he started to proceed to come towards them. Okay? And then the Bible says in Mark 6:51 that and he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered for they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened. See, this is because even though Jesus had just fed thousands with just two fish and five loaves, they did not consider that when they saw him now walking on water. They did not. He was teaching them, showing them how to take himself out of the human nature into the divine nature by the loaves and the different things that he was doing in his ministry, they should have started to see, wait a minute, this man is different. So when they saw him coming on the water, they should have just said, you know, that's him. He's the same one who fed uh, 5,000 with just two fish and five loaves. But instead, they again were hardened by their unbelief. That's why it says here in Mark 6.52 that for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. And that's what happens when we do not consider God in his divine nature. Our hearts are hardened towards unbelief. And unbelief really delays our prayers because we start doing other things and we started to we start to think oh god is not answering us but really what it is is our un, our hearts have been hardened by unbelief and in this case jesus is training his disciples on the job okay now knowing means there is work involved to know something you have to do something to know the meat in any subject say biology or whatever it is there is something you have to do that means studying. That means looking at things. That means experiments, okay? There is seeking and learning involved. There is deep and fervent praying involved. Yes, deep prayer is involved. Now, many times when we talk about deep prayer, people get scared because no one wants to pray deeply. Well, depth is not the way you may think of it. You could be separated for five minutes and you go in deep prayer. You could be separated for 10 hours and be in deep prayer. You could be separated with fasting. That could be deep prayer. It's different every time for everything, okay? We should not put God in a box. He is sovereign. He will teach us any way he wants. So, for example, here in the boat example, he taught them who he was. He taught them that, that he's sovereign over land and sea in five minutes, maybe 10 whatever it is. But look at this too. The Bible says that, and he went up into the ship with them and the wind ceased. See, in our last podcast, we dealt with when Jesus is in the boat. Okay, remember there was another storm. He was with them and there was a storm. And for him, he was sleeping on a pillow. And the Bible says that and Jesus was on the boat with them. For him, he was peacefully sleeping. Once Jesus is on the boat with you, let me tell you, the storm will stop. Whatever storm it is that's going on in your life, it will stop. So the key is to allow Jesus to be in your boat. And once Jesus is in the boat, I promise you, the storm will cease. In understanding his sovereignty is that we also have to understand that God looks at things and people differently than we do. Sometimes you may not feel that you are able to do something. Or you may look at someone and you say, oh, I can't assign that person this because I don't think he's able to. But if you have been in prayer about a situation or about somebody 
and God points to someone for you, uh, for you to work with or to deal with a situation, do not judge those people according to your ways. Now, I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty here, okay? Let's say you want to get married and you're looking for this person, man or female, it doesn't matter. And you're looking for certain ways for them to look. You're looking for a certain income for them to make at the time when you marry them. You're looking for them to be certain, whatever. You have your little list, okay? A lot of people have lists. We over, especially teenagers or younger people, they have a list of things. You know, I don't want him this way and the other. And you may be missing out exactly on what God wants for you or what God meant for you. You are saying to yourself, God is not answering my, my prayer. I am not getting married. But then every guy or every girl who comes by you, you have a name for them. He is blah, blah, blah. She is blah, blah, blah. She is like this. She doesn't earn what I want. He is not as educated as I am. And you are missing you're missing something because it's okay. He may not make the money that you want. She may not be the. She may not have the education that you want. But you know what? God may have planned that after you get married, something is going to happen that will meet that need or that even desire of your heart. Because God promised He'll give us the desires of our hearts as long as they're in line with His will. So, for example, here in First Samuel chapter um, in verse seven. It was about picking a king. And uh, the Bible says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider the appearance of his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that, that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God looks at the heart of people. Here they were trying to see who is going to be king of Israel. And Samuel had all these brothers lined up, and he had looked at this guy who was the toughest, the biggest, you know. And so he wanted him to be the king. He wanted to anoint him to be king because God had told him to go anoint the person who will be the king of Israel. And so Samuel was going to anoint. But then as he was about to do it, the Holy Spirit told him no. And so he asked, don't you have another person? Don't you have another son? And the one that God wanted was out there in the fields looking after the animals. But that's the one God had anointed. So don't look at things in the natural form because God judges things a little different than we do. Yes, eventually we match up with what he says, but that is only after we understand who he is and only after we understand his will. And the only way you're going to understand his will is to know that he's sovereign. So whatever you are facing or whoever you are picking, God has sovereignty over them, just as he has sovereignty over you and your circumstances. Now, what does the word sovereign actually mean? Maybe we, if we understood it, we would know to avoid going against the will of God. Now, the English dictionary says this, the ruler or permanent head of a state, especially a king or queen, okay, that is a sovereign, okay? Another meaning is a self-governing and not ruled by any other. That is like a state, it's self-governing, sovereign state, like the sovereign state of Michigan, the sovereign state of a country. A third definition is, having supreme authority or power. Being sovereign 
is outstanding. That is being sovereign. The synonym for uh, sovereign is superior, supreme ruler, independent, autonomous, self-governing. That is God. He's self-governing. He is supreme. He is independent. Okay? He doesn't need us, but we need him. So now, that is how man defines sovereign. But what does the Bible say about sovereignty? Okay, the Bible says that he is almighty. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is sovereign and rules over things. All things. And all things depend on him. You know, both living and inanimate. Even rocks depend on him. Okay, so it's not just the living things. If God was sovereign over just the living things, then you know what? He would not be God. But he has power over everything. He can tell the dead bones to produce life as he did in the book of Ezekiel. The dead bones became live again. From dust he created us. Okay? So God is sovereign over everything. Once you know the sovereignty of God, then you would understand that nothing is too difficult for him and that nothing is too late with him or nothing is too early with him. You have to walk within the timing of God. And the only way you're going to do that is to be in his word and to be in prayer. In Psalm uh, 24.1 it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So we all belong to him. Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, is the center of every activity. Okay, He is our redeemer. Through him, we approach God, and through him, we get that which we need from God. And actually, if you read the first uh, chapter of uh, the book of Colossians, you will understand very well who Jesus is as far as his sovereignty, okay? Many people question, is Jesus God? If you read that chapter, you're going to understand why Jesus is referred to as God, because it shows his sovereignty over everything, and everything God is sovereign over, Jesus is sovereign over. Okay. Now, once you understand who Jesus is in that respect, then it's not difficult for you to believe about something that's inanimate. Jesus is sovereign over distance. He's sovereign over time, even as we saw with the uh, Roman centurion. Now, one other thing that we have to understand in, when it comes to understanding delayed or so-called delayed prayer is that prayer requires our spiritual positioning in our Christ's sovereignty. We've just talked about sovereignty and how he's sovereign over land and sea. We've seen how he was sovereign over the, um, the storm. We have to understand that prayer requires our spiritual positioning in Christ's sovereignty. In other words, as we pray, we are positioning ourselves under his sovereignty. The centurion placed himself in the sovereignty of Jesus Christ by saying, listen, I'm a leader, but then there are those on top of me, and then there are those under me, and you know, then he told us how authority works. So in the same way, when we are in prayer, we are spiritually positioning ourselves in the same way as the centurion did. You are positioning yourself not understanding who you are, who you are under, and who you are approaching to answer your prayer. Now, the book of Colossians, I myself call that a positional book. It helps you to understand where you are in Christ, where Christ is, and how your prayer or how your walk with Christ, you know, takes place. And once you do that, you're going to understand 
very well why Jesus said that I have never seen such faith because that man understood the position of who he was as far as authority was concerned. Now, in the same way for us to understand answered prayer or to wait on prayers that we have prayed, you position yourself in a certain way. And the book of Colossians, especially chapter 1, you understand the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, okay? Once you do that, you are going to be in a better position to wait on God's answer to your prayer. You see, God wants you to receive your requests in prayer. God loves us that much. God does not let us pray just so that, you know, we can see how powerful he is and he's the one who gives us this and the other. Colossians, as I was telling you, is a positional book. It helps you to position yourself under Christ. I'll read you uh, some verses here in Colossians 1 verse 11. It says, We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so you'll have all the endurance and the patience you need. Uh, May you be filled with joy. Always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgiveness of our sins. So you see, God wants us to receive from him whatever he has created due to us. It's not because of who we are. It's not because uh, we deserve so much, you know, uh, but it's because he has chosen so. So many times what happens is, People think that uh, God is like a slot machine where you just put in what you want and then it happens. You see, those are ungodly desires. God will put the godly desires in your spirit once you stay in his word. And as we have seen here, Paul was here telling the Colossians that we pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have the endurance and patience. God wants you to be patient and wait on him. Things may look upside down for you right now, but he wants to give you the endurance to go through them because it makes you stronger, it helps with your faith, so that next time you know that you are able to do this on your own. God wants us to do certain things on our own, but he is willing to train us through the endurance of the situations. That's why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God wants us to understand that he is able to help us through, but we also must understand who God is. And a good example is King Hezekiah. You know, the, um, he was preparing his people for a possible war. In Second Chronicles chapter 32, and it says, When Hezekiah worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers and constructing a second wall outside the first, he also reinforced the supporting terraces in the city of David and manufactured large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square of the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them saying, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is power for greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. 
Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged his people. And that's what we need, that kind of encouragement, knowing who God is, regardless of what situation comes against us, regardless of what people stand up against us. Here Hezekiah is saying, listen, this man, the Assyrians may have a great army, but we have God on our side. We, he has helped us to repair the wall. He has helped us to do all these things. He has prepared us for this war. And he says that our God is greater, the one on our side. I want you to remember that the one on your side, things may look upside down right now, but he who is on your side is greater than what's out there. Just understand who he is. Go in his word. Look things up. Don't get lazy. Many times Christians, we get lazy because we want everything to be handed over to us. That's where you get this name it and believe it without even understanding it. Okay, they just want to name it. They don't understand it. They don't understand the consequences. In fact, it happened to the children of Israel as God was training them when he had given them everything to get out of the hands of the Pharaoh. You know, remember, he had told uh, Moses and the Israelites to put blood on their doors so he can save them from the uh, death angel. All these things had happened to the, uh, the Egyptians, all the ten plagues, but nothing happened to the children of Israel. So probably some of them were like, hmm, my God can do anything. I just have to walk. No, no, no. You know what he did when he was sending them? He put a detour in, in their journey. Let's read Exodus 13 verse 17. It says, when the Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if people are faced with a battle, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. So you see that? God, instead of just leading them through the straight path, which would have been easy, he knew that there were some things out there. The Philistines were waiting on them. They would fight them and these people would be saying, uh-oh, this is too much for us. Then they would run right back into Egypt. Many times what we look at as delayed prayer, God is really preparing us for the next phase. He's preparing us to go around. So sometimes that long journey to whatever you've been asking for is to train you so that you can withstand the real fight when it comes, is to train you not to just be spoiled. Many Christians are spoiled. They don't want to do anything. They think God will just hand it over to them. But as we have seen, I just want you to understand that what may seem like late to you, what may seem like silence to you, is because you just need to understand who God is in your situation. Once you understand who God is in your situation or around you, once you understand the sovereignty of God over everything, inanimate and animate, even as we have seen in Colossians, then you will know that I need to be under the umbrella of Jesus Christ I know he's sovereign over this situation. I know he's sovereign over the water. Let him, let him come into the boat that I'm in. Allow Jesus into your lifeboat so that he can ride with you through the storm. That's what Jesus is. He wants to ride with us through the storm. When he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, don't forget the Holy Spirit is the representation of Jesus Christ himself. 
then you'll know that him being in the boat with you is really God being in the boat with you. Because it says in uh, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 15, that um, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we cannot see. And all authority, seen and unseen, everything. Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God, you know. He created everything. Everything that was created is through him, you know. Verse 17 says, he existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. For God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to him. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So you see, that explains the sovereignty of Jesus Christ over everything. What you need to do, my friend, is place yourself under the umbrella of his sovereignty. Be like the centurion. Understand the authority of Jesus Christ. Read the book of Colossians, especially that first chapter. Read those scriptures that I have given you. The one when he walked on the water towards them in the boat. Internalize it. Read the one of the centurion. It will help you to position yourself in him. Once you understand the authority of Jesus Christ, then you will understand the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Then run on to Colossians chapter 1. Read it over and over again. Internalize it in yourself. You will be surprised to see that now I see I'm living under the umbrella of the sovereign God because I'm believing in Jesus Christ, his son, because I'm standing and understanding the power of the authority of Jesus Christ over inanimate and animate things because the book of Colossians says nothing was created outside of him. The realm of Jesus, the divinity of Jesus Christ is understood in the book of Colossians. That's a powerful book to understand who you are in Christ. Once you know who Christ is, just invite him in the boat. If he is in the boat, then you yourself go into his boat. Once you go into his boat, which is his will, anything that seems upside down, that storm that seems to be turning, you know, capsizing the boat is going to settle down. So, God, where are you? When you ask that question, first understand where you yourself are. When you ask God, where are you? I want you instead to ask, God, where am I? Remember in the Garden of Eden, what did Jesus, what did God say after Adam sinned? He came and said, Adam, where are you? Do you really think that the sovereign God was looking in the woods finding where Adam was? He didn't know under what leaf or under what tree he was hiding? Oh yes, of course he did. So when he said, where are you? He's saying, what is your position in me? 
Where are you in me, my son? Where are you in Christ, my friend? Once you find your uh, once you find where you are, unlike Adam who was lost, just remember one thing. Do not depend on your human nature. Okay, don't depend on your arm of flesh because that's not where the power is. That's not what redeemed you. So, understand who you are, my friend, and you will see that God is able to turn those upside down things backside up. And that's how you go through a storm. That's how you turn things that seem to be upside down right side up. It works, my friend. Amen. So now I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to talk to my brethren about who you are and who we are in Christ. Lord, help us to understand that without you, we are nothing. Even those who think that they have everything and they've done everything on their own, but now they are stuck. And so, Father, we come to you knowing that you are way above all things, even as we have seen in the book of Colossians, that but everything was created for you and for your glory. And so this situation that we are going through, this situation that my friends are in, whatever it may be, Father, it may seem like everything is upside down. They may seem like there's no doctor who can give them the right uh, diagnosis, or even they have got the diagnosis and it looks like it's the end. But Lord, Heavenly Father, you're sovereign over everything. Just say the word, O God. Help us to understand what that means, that you can just say the word, and you have already said your word in regards to everything, whether it's uh, healing, whether it's persecution. Some people may be persecuted because of their religion. Some people may be persecuted because of who they are, because of their race, because of their gender, whatever it is, Father, whatever the persecution is in the name of Jesus, even as we have seen Hezekiah uh, telling his troops, be strong, know that he who is with us is greater. Father, they may be in a prison, undergoing torture. Yes, those things are happening in the world, Father. Whatever it may be, it may be even mental torture. Father, in the name of Jesus, it may be a spouse torturing the other. In the name of Jesus, Father, visit them. Let them know that you're inviting them in the boat. And Father, if they can't come in the boat and they are in a dangerous place, Father, go in their boat. Help them to welcome you in their own boat, whatever it may be, Father, that they may overcome it. It may be illness that people say they can't make it out of. Father, someone may be interceding for someone very sick. Someone may be interceding for a child who is undergoing so much torment in drugs, in alcohol, whatever it may be. Father, Jesus is sovereign over all things. I thank you for who you are. Father, I pray that my brother, my sister out there may place them under your tutorage. Show them how to understand who you are. Show them how to approach this situation, Father. Show them when to stand up, when to sit down, when to move. Father, sometimes it may be taking long, even as it was with the children of Israel in the desert. But Lord, it was because there is a purpose to save them from the battles that they didn't need to fight. Father, we thank you that you're such a God who is sovereign over everything. 
and that even if we are lost, when we come back to you, O oh God, that you welcome us back and you put us where we are supposed to be. Thank you, Father, for everything. We believe you. We trust you. We know that you are more than able to get us out of this situation, to upright what is upside down in the name, the mighty name of the sovereign Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen, my friends. Thank you for listening in. And now, once again, I'm going to one of our favorite things to do, those who have been listening to this podcast, to show us who has been number one in the last 30 days. This is one of my best time also in this uh, podcast, is to see what country are our top 10 downloaders. And many times I am shocked myself to find that those who I didn't even know are on the list. And it excites me. It encourages me to know that people all around the world are listening to our podcast and they are responding. And I, I am so appreciative of all those who respond uh, um, by way of listening. And I know in some of those countries it's much harder to download these podcasts. Okay, so these are our top downloaders. Oh my goodness, United States is back on top. But anyway, we have number one, we have uh, United States. Number two, we have Nigeria. Number three, Kenya. Number four, oh, actually, Uganda, Kenya, and the Philippines are number three as far as downloads. So I'll say number three is Kenya, Philippines, Uganda. Five, India. Oh, India is usually high, but it's number five this time. Then Jamaica, number six. Poland. Oh, I'd never seen Poland before. And they downloaded quite a few of them. Singapore, number seven. Saudi Arabia, number eight. Pakistan, number nine. Um, Malaysia, number ten. Oh, then I'll just mention number 11 and 12 because they are showing up. United Kingdom and Switzerland. Now, one thing that's interesting is that um, Singapore, Saudi Arabia, and Pakistan, and Malaysia, those are mostly Muslim countries, and they're in our top 10 downloads. Praise the Lord. That means we are reaching people we never knew we could reach, people in countries where they don't even allow them to have Bibles. Praise the Lord, and I thank God for that, and I bless you. Till next time, this is Sam Kawesa, your host. Bye-bye.